Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today we will continue, hashtag Beasley Watch 2020, but on Thursday we got an important piece of information and that was a statement released by Titans General Manager John Robinson on Beasley's absence. We will go over that statement, take a look at how this relationship between the Titans and Beasley is starting off, and also we got a report on what could be causing Beasley's absence. So we'll take a look at that report. And on Monday, before training camp took off, we did part one of our roster prediction series. So I went through the entire offensive side of the ball, gave you every player at every position heading into Titans training camp, and my prediction for who will make the final 53 on offense. Today, we will round out that series with part two and take a look at the defense in our second and third segment. I will give you every player heading into Titans training camp, at each position, and then give you my prediction for who will make it at each group. So really excited to break that down, and obviously these parts are ever-changing, so make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on iTunes, follow on Spotify, or whatever platform you do stream, as I will be pumping out Monday through Friday Titans content for the rest of the season. But with that in mind, we have a very important statement from Titans General Manager John Robinson to go over as we get another installment in Beasley Watch 2020. Let's get it. storyline out of Tennessee Titans training camp so far has been the absence of free agent acquisition Vic Beasley. Throughout the first two days of Titans training camp, we got no official word from the Titans organization on if they had communicated with Beasley about the absence and what was causing the absence. There were reports that Beasley's absence was unexcused and that he had had no communication with the team about his absence, but none of that was confirmed by an official source. Until Thursday, when Titans general manager John Robinson gave his first official statement about Beasley's absence, and Robinson had this to say, quote, On Tuesday, July 28th, we placed Vic Beasley on the reserve did not report list. I have been in contact with Vic. He is not here. He understands his absence is unexcused, and he told me he will be reporting to camp in the near future. Our current focus is on the players that are here now, getting everyone acclimated to the protocols, our building, and our football program. We will have the same acclimation process with Vic when he reports. End quote. And I think what is most notable in John Robinson's statement is the fact that he mentioned Vic. He is not here. He understands his absence is unexcused, and he told me he will be reporting to camp in the near future. That's the end of Robinson's statement. What is most interesting is the part about Vic Beasley still not being 
at Titans training camp, knowing and understanding his absence is unexcused, and also the fact that Beasley said he would be reporting to camp in the near future. So that is still pretty vague from Vic Beasley. The near future could mean a multitude of different things. So the uncertainty is still there, at least at this moment in time. It is obvious there has been communication between Vic Beasley and John Robinson. You would have thought that communication would have happened much earlier, considering that Robinson and Beasley share the same agent that would make the path of communication a lot smoother to navigate. But it leaves us to wonder... Did Beasley finally just communicate with Robinson on Thursday, or did he communicate with Robinson prior and the Titans just did not announce that? That wasn't made clear or obvious in Robinson's statement. It leaves us to speculate and leaves us to at least lean towards the fact that Beasley maybe didn't finally get in contact with the Titans until Thursday when the statement was put out. A very strange start to the relationship between the Titans and Beasley. Even more strange when you consider a report we got from Angela Morgan. She is a sports anchor on television for a TV station in Chattanooga, Tennessee, but she tweeted this on Thursday, quote, Titans outside linebacker Vic Beasley did have a death in the family last week, sources tell me. The funeral was yesterday, Wednesday. Still unclear if this is any way related to his absence at training camp the last two days, end quote, end tweet. This is an interesting thing to hear. Although you have to be empathetic and sympathetic for Beasley if he experienced a death in the family that's a tough thing to deal with and everyone grieves in their own way. Also, going to the funeral of a family member for any job, any form of employment, is typically an excused absence, even if not because of the new CBA that Beasley would not have to lose the money because of the absence, but at the minimum, he would have had communicated with the team and Robinson would not be calling it an unexcused absence in an official statement. Statement if a Titans player was going to the funeral for a death in his family. That's just not the way that the Titans organization operates. This could be the reason why Beasley is missing Titans training camp. It could not be as well. We don't know, and at this moment in time, it's unfair to say for certain what the reason would be. But just for a moment, if this is the reason that Beasley is missing Titans training camp, there's no reason that he could not have sent some sort of communication to the Titans organization prior. Obviously, people grieve in different ways, as I mentioned before, but I think any of us in any form of employment would have the courtesy or the responsibility to, even if you experienced a tragic situation like a death in the family, you would still inform your employer of the situation just to have that courtesy to them as well, especially when you consider Beasley's relationship with the Titans. He's not a veteran player who's been on the team for a long time, a returning player who has an existing relationship with the people in the building. He's a brand new person trying to make a first impression in a new organization, revive his career, and I think that it would only make sense from his perspective to start off this relationship in a courteous and respectful way and let them know someone in my family passed 
It's a tough thing to deal with. I won't be there at training camp. And although that would not have saved him the money that he will be docked for those absences because of the new CBA, it still would at least be the respectable thing to do. And in my opinion, Robinson wouldn't have released a statement saying that his absence was unexcused and not giving the reason if Beasley would have had a a good excuse or would have informed them in a proper amount of time. And I think that's something that anyone with any job can relate to. So although people do grieve in different ways, I think it's not too much to ask for Beasley to have informed the Titans of what was going on. If in fact, that was the reason for his absence, not leaving out the possibility that his absence could be completely unrelated to that situation. So glad to know that Vic Beasley is at least safe. It's not something nefarious or something criminal that had happened. Also good to know that he's been in contact with the Titans, but that does not change the fact that he should have in some way made contact with the Titans about his absence. Also, when you add in the fact that I mentioned earlier, his agent is the same agent as John Robinson, a 30-second text message to his agent to communicate with the Titans would have solved the problem or at least helped grease the wheels of this new relationship a little bit better than what's taken place so far. And if you need to grease your wheels, you need to check out Rock auto.com. So I've told you guys about rockauto.com before, but it's getting hotter. We're getting into the dog days of summer with August right around the corner. Anytime you're driving with extreme heat that we can experience in the summer, no matter where you're at in the country, it's always a good time to check up on your car, do those routine checks to make sure everything is the way that it needs to be. And you're liable during that process to have to do some repairs to your your car or need some repairs done. Either way, make sure that you're getting the best price on whatever parts that you're going to buy. And to do that, you need to go to rockauto.com. Some places like stores, they can charge you different prices if you're a professional mechanic versus a do-it-yourselfer trying to fix your own car at home. And that is just insane. You're never going to have anything like that at rockauto.com. Another thing is you go to a store, they only have the parts that are there. Otherwise, if they don't have the part that you're looking for, all they're going to do is tell you, hey, we'll you know get to our warehouse and have it mailed to you or you can pick it up from the store. Why go through all that when you can do all of that on your phone, in your pocket, or from your computer at home and you get a better visual to actually browse from than just some guy eating half of a donut trying to tell you what's in stock based on this little computer that they've had at the store since 1998. Why do that? Just go on your laptop, browse all of the specifications, all of the brands, all of the manufacturers for the prices that makes sense for you. And one thing to consider here is we are running a Locked on Titans Fantasy Football League this year, and it would be a pretty good benefit to someone trying to get into the league by going ahead and getting something for their vehicle off of rockauto.com. And right when you're checking out in your cart, underneath the shipping address, it says, how did you hear about us? Go ahead and throw locked on in that box. Shoot me a picture of your purchase with locked on in the how did you hear about us box on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. And it may just be enough to confirm your position. 
in the Locked On Titans Fantasy Football League. So just throwing that out there for you guys. Check out rockauto.com today. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com, right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. On Monday, I kicked off my roster prediction series part one. We took a look at the offensive side of the football. I went through every player on the Titans roster heading into training camp and then who I think would make the final 53 out of each of those groups. So before we jump into part two and take a look at the defensive side of the football, I will recap for you the offensive side. Going into training camp at quarterback, we have Ryan Tannehill, Cole McDonald, and Logan Woodside at running back, Derek Henry, Darrington Evans, centerized Perry, Dalen Dawkins, Cameron Scarlett, and then of course the fullback, Kari Blossom game. At wide receiver, we will have A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Khalif Raymond, Cameron Batson, Cody Hollister, Rashard Davis, Christian Wilkerson, Nick Westbrook, and Kyle Williams at tight end. We have Jonu Smith, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, Tommy Hudson, and Parker Hesse. At the tackle positions, we will have Taylor Lewan, Dennis Kelly, Ty Sambrillo, Isaiah Wilson, of course, whenever he's ready to start camp, and the undrafted free agent Brandon Kemp with David Questenberry. Of course, Anthony McKinney was a part of this list before his opt-out for COVID-19. At the interior offensive line, we have Roger Saffold, we have Nate Davis, we have Jameel Douglas, we have Avery Genesee, we have Ben Jones, we have Aaron Brewer, and we have Daniel Murner. So, who out of those people did I think would be making the final roster? Quickly, Tannehill and Woodside at quarterback, Henry Evans, Perry and Kari Blossom game in the backfield, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Khalif Raymond, Cameron Batson at wide receiver, Janu, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt at tight end, Lawan, Kelly, Wilson, Sambrillo at the tackle position, interior, Saffold, Nate Davis, Jameel Douglas, and Ben Jones. So that frees us up to move over to the defensive side of the ball. Let's take a look first at the interior defensive line. So when you start looking at the list, obviously the Titans have top end, well not top end talent per se, but the top end guys who we know will be relied on the heaviest and that is Daquan Jones and Jeffrey Simmons, two big guys and obviously Jeff offers you not just size, but that interior burst as well that the Titans try to get from their defensive line group by having two different kinds of guys. Either they have the big run stuffers, the big bodies who can take on a bunch of blockers, or they have undersized defensive linemen who are more interior penetrators, try to use their speed to beat blocks and get through gaps. So they try to attack the position in two different ways, it seems. Obviously, Jeffrey Simmons is uh, the sort of talent that can combine both of those things together, which makes him so special. But looking at that group beyond Daquan Jones and Jeffrey Simmons, you have free agent signing Jack Crawford, 
Crawford, who's six foot five, a bigger guy like a Daquan Jones that we see in that versatile type group that the Titans are trying to build up front. The draft pick, Lorel Murchison, who's one of those undersized guys who's more of an interior gap penetrator. Then, like Murchison, you have Isaiah Mack, another guy like that who's a little undersized but can get in the gaps. You got a big-bodied guy like Joey Ivy, who spent some time with the Titans practice squad. He's six foot three, three hundred pounds, so another big-bodied guy. You have another big-bodied guy who's actually spent time on the Titans roster, and Matt Dickerson, who's six foot five, big guy, another one of those big run-stuffing body eaters on the defensive line. At the undrafted free agent portion of the group, you're gonna find Kobe Smith, who's six foot two, one of those interior penetrators who has an opportunity to make this roster because the interior defensive line doesn't have a lot of talent there. Another undrafted free agent is Tyre Tart, another guy like that, six foot two, an interior penetrator who has good burst off the line. The Titans did have Jordan Williams as a part of this group as kind of a defensive end, maybe an edge rusher, but he was cut earlier in the week. We talked about that in one of the earlier episodes of this week on the Locked on Titans podcast. So you look at that group, it's a little bit of a deep group. There's a couple undrafted free agents being brought in to compete because the Titans need more talent at that group. We will go back later on and talk about who I think will actually make the 53 out of that deep position. Then we move to the edge rusher position, and this is the biggest area of concern for the Titans, as we talked about yesterday and continues to be with the absence of Vic Beasley, but the Titans have uh, their established pass rusher, Harold Landry, hopefully Vic Beasley, eventually Kamale Correa back with the Titans on a one-year deal, Reggie Gilbert, who was traded for from the Packers, DeAndre Walker, the draft pick from 2019 that was out for the entire season with injury. Derek Roberson, an undrafted free agent from 2019 that had a pretty good and productive last three games of the regular season for the Titans last year. And then the undrafted free agent, Kalen Curse Thomas. So it's going to be tough to break through for an undrafted free agent in that group with the names that the Titans have there. They'd really have to show out, but you got to hope from the Titans perspective that they get a little bit more out of this group than some people are expecting. They have to get Beasley back to somewhere in between his all-pro form and what he was given the Falcons last year. They have to have Landry take another step in his development. Correa showed really good signs at the end of the year last year. He's going to have to continue that. Reggie Gilbert was solid on the outside for the Titans, so if he can stay healthy this year, hopefully that'll allow him to get better. DeAndre Walker is going to be a complete surprise. We don't know what we're going to get from Walker. Hopefully that's something special for the Titans or at least something worthwhile that they can use him as a rotation piece. And then Derek Roberson flashed in pass rush last year, but it's been documented throughout this offseason that the coaches need him to get better in the run game. So if he's able to take a step in the run game from year one to year two, adding to the talent that he's clearly displayed in the pass rush, Roberson could be a key piece of the Titans pass rush situation. And then, of course, there's always that free agent signing that could possibly take place to help the Titans edge rush as well, but we won't bank on that. So the Titans need improvement from pretty much every single person on this list to make this unit not as much of a disaster as it has the potential to be. Moving into the inside linebacker position next.
Continuing our examination of the Titans roster and then making roster predictions for the defensive side of the ball here, we are on to the inside linebacker group where the Titans have a, a lot of good players up top but some versatility at the bottom. The Titans have Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, of course, the starters, David Long, who as a rookie really impressed in his limited opportunities last year. The Titans did bring on free agent signing special team specialist. That's something to say, a special team specialist, but it is the case with Nick DeZubnar, who came over from San Diego, and then undrafted free agent Cal Garrett, and another undrafted free agent in Josh Smith. So obviously we heard about the injury to Jayon Brown and him starting on the PUP. That's very concerning for this group. Not having one of Evans or Jayon Brown would completely take this group from one of the better groups on the team to one of the worst pretty instantly losing one of those guys. So that means there's not a lot of depth there, which gives a guy like Cal Garrett the opportunity, plus what linebackers can do in spe different special teams groups. Uh, that makes, I think, it a high likelihood that the best chance that any of these free agents, undrafted free agents have, uh, it will come at inside linebackers, surprisingly, along with interior defensive line and wide receiver. So let's move forward to the cornerback position. We have Malcolm Butler, Adoree Jackson, Christian Fulton, Jonathan Joseph, Chris Milton, Kareem Orr, Ty Smith, Kenneth Durden, and Ibrahim Campbell. So I think the Titans have a pretty decent group here with, you know, the typical names Butler, Adoree, Fulton, Jonathan Joseph will make this team. Chris Milton is a surprise name, but he was so good on special teams for the Titans last year that I think uh, that's a big reason why he was given a contract and brought back to the team, even if it's just in a special teams role primarily. Going to the safety position, you will have Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro, Amani Hooker, Dan Crookshank, Joshua Kalu, then the specialist on the team, and the safety position is good to go. I love the top four. I love Kalu as well. So the, the safety position is probably the strongest at this moment in time on the team other than maybe the offensive line group, depending on how Isaiah Wilson looks in training camp and once we get into the season. The specialist, you have Tucker McCann, the undrafted free agent, battling out Greg Joseph for the kicker spot, Brett Kern at punter, and then Bo Brinkley, the long snapper. So let's get into who I actually think will make this roster, the final 53 for the Titans on defense. I'll start from the back and go back down. So Bo Brinkley's making it, the long snapper, He's just excellent in his role and will be there until he probably wants to leave. Brett Kern, the weapon, best punter in the league, making the team. I think Greg Joseph ultimately does get the nod because of his experience. McCann just won't have enough situations, real game pressure situations to prove himself, unfortunately. Then we go to the safety position. and Out of the five safeties that the Titans are bringing to training camp, I think all of them make the roster. The top four, in my opinion, are locks. Uh, Bayard, Vaccaro, obviously, but Hooker and Dane Crookshank, I think they're those four are locks. So that just leaves Kalou, and with his impact on special teams, and how I think the Titans shied away from special teams players on the offensive side of the ball, in my prediction, I think that they'll go heavy special teams on defense, and that includes Joshua Kalou, a fifth safety. Then at the cornerback position, Malcolm Butler, Adoree Jackson, Christian Fulton, Jonathan Joseph are locks, in my opinion. Those four are locks to make the team. Then for me, 
I have the Titans keeping Chris Milton because of what I mentioned, his special teams value, and then Ty Smith, a healthy Ty Smith, I think as a as a fifth corner. I could see the Titans keeping a sixth guy like Kareem Orr or Kenneth Durden. It could be a possibility there, but right now I'm going to have them keeping those five Sorry, six cornerbacks, Butler, Jackson, Fulton, Jonathan Joseph, Chris Milton, and Ty Smith. Then at inside linebacker, I have the Titans only keeping four of the six that we talked about, Evans, Brown, Long, and DeZubnar. I think that'll be what we see from the Titans at linebacker. And then at the edge rusher position, I see the Titans keeping six guys here, Harold Landry, Vic Beasley, Kamale Correa, Reggie Gilbert, DeAndre Walker, and Andre Robertson. You can have Gilbert and Correa and Walker help, especially with special teams. You can develop Roberson and keep him going in the run game and hopefully get something out of him since you know there's talent there with the pass rush. You have a deep group because you don't have a ton of top-end talent. You can keep everybody fresh, and hopefully the depth makes up for the talent gap. And then moving into the interior defensive line, I think that the Titans in this situation keep six guys having a six-man defensive line group Daquan Jones Jeffrey Simmons Jack Crawford Laurel Murchison Isaiah Mack and Matt Dickerson so there you have Jeffrey Simmons who's just a stud and gives you big bodied and pass rush you have Daquan Jones who flashed more talent as a pass rusher last year than he's given credit for but is primarily a run stuffer up front you have Jack Crawford who can play defensive end in a four-man front if needed or play defensive end as a five technique and a three four, he's six foot five, another big body, and then you keep Lorel Murchison, who's one of your draft picks, of course, who's kind of the opposite of Jack Crawford, a smaller undersized guy who can penetrate. Then you have another undersized guy who can penetrate in Isaiah Mack, and then you have another big bodied guy in Matt Dickerson. So you basically have three different kinds of guys at every position with Jeffrey Simmons being able to be a fourth guy as a run stuffer as a big body there as well. So you're just having as much versatility as possible on the defensive line. So let's round out. Let's round out the defensive side of the ball that I think will be kept. Daquan Jones, Jeff Simmons, Jack Crawford, Lorel Murchison, Isaiah Mack, Mack Dickerson, Harold Landry, Vic Beasley, Kamale Correa, Reggie Gilbert, DeAndre Walker, Derek Roberson, Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, David Long, Nick DeZubnar, Malcolm Butler, Adoree Jackson, Christian Fulton, Jonathan Joseph, Chris Milton, and Ty Smith, Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro, Amani Hooker, Dane Crookshank, Joshua Kalu, Greg Joseph, Brett Kern, and Bo Brinkley. So that is my final 53 for the Titans. As we get more information throughout training camp and throughout the preseason, I say in quotes, obviously these predictions could change, but right now this is what I see. Who's an actual lock to make the roster and who I think could go either way. I will have that discussion with you guys on another episode. So obviously we didn't do our Friday mailbag today. I quite frankly just didn't have a lot of questions from you guys. That's why it's 
important that all of you guys send me in your questions on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, but uh, hopefully we will get back to the mailbag next Friday. Obviously, there was a lot of Titans news this week, so it actually kind of gave me an opportunity to go through everything that I wanted to go through with you guys, but send in those questions to me at Tic Tac Titans, and we will have a big Friday mailbag next week. That is going to do it for me today, though, Titans fans. I hope you guys have a safe and enjoyable weekend. We will continue Clowny Watch. We will continue Beasley Watch next week. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.